You know, culture will teach you that relationships are a right, and you have a right to do whatever you want to in the relationship. The Bible teaches that relationships are a responsibility, and they need to be handled that way. So I don't have God's filter to look at a relationship. I can't expect it to be a godly relationship. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the In Doubt Podcast show. My name is Isaac, your host, and with me this lovely day is Jake. Hey, guys. Uh, We actually had lunch yesterday. Yes, we did. We had a good lunch, actually. I think it was the first time we'd both gone for lunch there. Which yes. is a little odd why we chose a place that neither of us had eaten lunch at before. We hadn't, but you know what? We needed to try something new. We did. So and we went and got sandwiches. <laughs> we got sandwiches at a local kind of bakery. Yeah. Um, and I found, though, I don't know if you found this. I never told you about it because we were deep in just really intense conversation. Not really. But it was so toasted that I kind of cut the, ro- the roof of my mouth. No, I didn't get that. I found the bread really hot, though. And I have, like, t- tender fingertips. And it was getting a little warm. <laughs> you play guitar, getting a little warm. You have, yeah, have maybe it was my palms. Or it was just really warm bread. Oh, okay. The bread yeah. was too it, warm. It was still excellent, though. We had a, we it had was a good, very good. We had a really good time. It was a good time. sandwich. Hey, um, to our listeners, we this is the summer now. We're obviously in the summer. And uh, all throughout the summer, the team at Indout, uh, we're creating a Bible study, a video Bible study uh, through the book of Jude. And uh, it's a letter that not a lot of people uh, talk about as much. So that's why we're really excited to dig into it. It's an incredible letter that actually talks about sort of contending for the faith, the the Christian faith, and how to um, hold that up uh, when so many other kind of false doctrines and false gospels are surrounding us. And even though it was written 2,000 years ago by, and Jude, as you know, was actually a biological brother of Jesus. Um, Even though it was written 2,000 years ago, it's so prevalent to today. Yeah. So it's awesome. So we're, we're, that's going to be released uh, in the fall. We're really excited about that. And also we have an event coming up uh, in the fall as well in October and uh, the date will be announced. Uh, and it's an in-doubt live event. And what that means pretty much is that we are going to address a topic and sort of have a TEDx style event. Yeah. So, I'm excited for it. It's yeah. Yeah. So, so the topic we've chose is sexual identity. And so we'll be talking about things like transgenderism, homosexuality, marriage, and just sexual identity, how so many people want to identify themselves by their sexual preferences and mm-hmm. who they are and all that kind of stuff. So we have three speakers. One of them is going to be Dr. John Newfeld. Uh, Dave Johnson's also uh, confirmed that he's going to be there. So we're really excited about this event, and that'll be coming up in October. So please stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyways, for today, though, we have an awesome podcast. It's our second episode in our series of Christian Dating, and today's episode is called The Questions We All Want Answers For. And it's, like I said, it's a two-week series, and Grant Fishbook did both series. He's a teaching pastor at Christ the King Church in Bellingham. So we're going to listen to that, then we're going to come back and talk about some of his points. Here in the studio again with uh, Grant Fishbook. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks I'm, for having me back. Yeah, definitely. I'm doing well as well. Um, if uh, you're listening for uh, for the first time and you weren't here last week, uh, Grant is one of the teaching pastors at Christ the King Church down in Bellingham. Um, but he's Canadian-born, and uh, and he's up here. He was able to come into the studio, and it's just a privilege to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Right. So last week, uh, we started a two-week series on Christian dating, the question of Christian dating. And last week, Grant did a great job in sort of helping get some biblical principles and foundations, kind of talking about, you know, before we even seek or pursue people, we need to be about, uh, you know, who we are in Christ, uh, knowing Christ, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and really kind of relying and trusting in God's sovereign plan mm-hmm. as well when it comes to, uh, to relationships. And also at the very end, uh, you know, talking about how the gospel uh, uh, heals us 
uh, Jesus heals us through the gospel uh, with hurt relationships as well. Uh, Today we're getting into, uh, the title of this episode is called The Questions We All Want Answers For, and some of those kind of tough, very practical uh, questions that come uh, in regards to uh, Christian dating. So why don't we just jump into this? And, uh, and hopefully, Grant, you'll be able to give your two, two cents. I'll do my worth. best. Awesome. That's great. All right. So the first question for our Q&A is this. How should I, this is someone from asking someone, how should I go about looking for someone to date? And is it wrong for me to have a list of qualities I like in someone? Well, you know, my daughter had a list and, and, and it's been fulfilled in a young man named Alex and we're delighted about that. They're going to get married in about a year. Oh, awesome. So I would say, is it wrong to have a list? Absolutely not. I think we all have character qualities that we're looking for. But more important than that, I would have a list of who do I want to be? Right. Because that other person is also looking for a reciprocal relationship. And so I think having a list of who is the person that I believe God wants me to be and working individually in becoming healthy, becoming whole, is is probably more important because right. it's as far as it depends on you. Yeah. So so I would I would really encourage people to be focused more on the person that God wants them to be than the person that they may be looking for. Yeah. Because I think that puts it in the right priority order. And even, you know, looking in the practical lists of Scripture, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, I think we far underestimate the power of being a person of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. I mean, all of the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But am I that person? Because if I am that person, I'm also going to attract that kind of person because they're going to see those character qualities in me. So being the kind of person, you know, am am I slow to speak? Yeah. Am I quick to listen? Am I slow to become angry? Am I working on those things that Scripture keeps pushing the followers of Jesus into saying, here's the kind of character God wants you to have? And that's that character is very attractive, especially in modern culture. So the next question is this, is it okay for my boyfriend or girlfriend and I to, to kiss? <laughs> Great question. Um, if you're my daughter or my son, no, uh, you're not allowed to ever. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. Actually, I would say this, you know, I, I think... The question is really a character question, mm. which is if kissing is going to lead you into a situation where you're going to sin, then I would say you shouldn't open the door to it. If you are able to to open a door with appropriate physical affection with each other and it doesn't create a stumbling block for you or for the person that you're with, then I would say there are certain allowances with regards to cultivating affection between the two. Right. But the question is, where's the tipping point for you? And if you can't maturely have that conversation then the answer is you should probably stay away with it and stay away from it and rethink that. Right. And so it's all a question of boundaries. It's a question of health. And it's a question of whether or not your 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 relationship is mature enough to have that conversation and say, look, this makes as a guy, I can say this, if kissing leads you down the wrong direction mentally mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and it actually causes you to sin and you tip over that into lust, then you need to look at the gateway that right. you're walking through. Right. And the goal of everything is to protect the relationship. You always want to protect the relationship. So if you can kiss and keep the relationship protected, okay. If you can't be mature enough to say, look, this just creates a really tough spot for me. I can't go there because I want to honor you in the relationship. That's really good. So it's a char- it's a, char- a character question. It's a character question. It's, awesome. not, it's not a physical question. Right. Uh, this leads into it. So is it wrong to be alone with my boyfriend or girlfriend? If not, how long can we be alone? You hear a lot of, you know, maybe parents or leaders saying, you know, be careful, you know, don't be up too late with each other alone. Yep. So on and so forth. I think it's also, that's a character question. Yeah. So if if being alone creates opportunities for you to cross a line where you're not honoring God, then mm-hmm. I think you need to put 
restrictions on it. I had a young man from our church, you know, he came in, we were having long conversations and he said, you know, we keep, we keep failing morally. And I said, well, tell me about that. And he goes, well, you know, we always, we park in the car in front of the apartment. We don't want to go into the apartment, but we, even when we're sitting in the car, we get, we get overly, overly connected physically and it never goes Mm -hmm. the right direction. And so I looked at him, I said, that means you can never get in the car again with your girlfriend. (laughs) And he, he kind of looked at me with horror. And I said, you know, here's what I want you to understand. Um, is she worth protecting? Mm-hmm. Is she worth loving? Because if she is, you will go to extreme lengths to love her and protect her with everything. So the bottom line is if if being alone over an extended period of time leads you in the wrong direction, then you need to come up with another plan. Right. And that could be, I mean, think of all the different options that you have. Going for a long extended walk together. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. Going and sitting in a coffee shop where you can have great conversation and you're not tempted. Right. Fantastic. Uh, there are so many different options that are out there, but when you keep putting yourself in a dangerous position over and right. over again, that's just not wise. Yeah. And then I think it comes back to, is she worthy? Is he worthy enough to, for you to want to protect her or him so that you don't stumble together? Yeah, that's really good. And I'm just, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking how important it is to to know your intentions and to know who you are in Christ. Because if you're just going into it with already this presupposition that you get to have a girlfriend and you, you know, you get to flirt with someone and you get this emotional kind of support, then it's not even going to be a dangerous place for you. But if you go in there knowing that this is a a daughter or a son of of God, right? And uh, then you know that there can be those dangers that come with that in protection. Yeah. I encourage young people, you know, always look for the thumbprint of God on their soul. Mm. And also, I think it's important to, you know, if it's a godly relationship, you invite God into every encounter that you have with that person. And so when God's there and when God's present, even as a married person, you know, I always tell people, it's really hard to treat my wife with disrespect when Jesus is standing there. Yeah. And I invite him into all of those conversations. Yeah. And I think the same goes on with, with dating. If Jesus is really in the center of your relationship, he's there and he's present. Yeah. So how would you treat his daughter or his son if your heavenly father was right there in the room. And I think that's a great, that's not weird or spooky. I think that's just wise. It's just, it is wise. That's yeah. good. I've even thought, I've, I've stretched that same illustration to even driving on the highway and I'm like maybe zipping past people. I'm like, if Jesus is right here in like yeah. the passenger seat, would I really be doing this and getting road rage at these people? It's like, yeah, exactly. probably not. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Um, so what what are the the boundaries in dating? And we're maybe spiritual boundaries too, emotional, mental. I think a part of this question too is, you know, how much do you even share with a boyfriend or girlfriend? Uh, yeah. Let's say you had past sexual sin. I know mm-hmm. for a lot of guys, this is a very, and girls, this is a very big issue. And they start dating someone and they don't, you know, they don't know if they should be sharing some of these, some of this stuff. Maybe it's even present. Yeah. When I do premarital counseling with couples, one of the questions I ask is, are you fully comfortable with the level to which you know your partner's history? Mm. Um, uh, do you feel there's an appropriate level of disclosure? Because I think there is. You can do damage with too much disclosure, mm. but you also never want to bring a secret. Secrets never thrive in a, in a Jesus-following relationship. They just don't. And so, you know, really being able to look at the boundaries and asking asking great questions. I think it's a test of a couple with, you know, are there things we can't talk about? That's a red flag. Mm. We should be able to talk about everything, including where we're going to place our physical boundaries in our relationship, where we're going to put our emotional boundaries. And I think it's important, you know, scripture keeps saying, guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. Well, one of the ways that you guard your heart is not by building a wall around it so that nobody can get in, but you control access into the secret parts. And I, I caution, I caution dating couples all the time, you know, 
spirituality in its purest form is very intimate. Mm. So you have to be careful. Because when you are being very intimate spiritually, it can lead to physical intimacy, it can lead to emotional intimacy. And until there is a covenant in place that God is involved in the relationship, you need to keep first things first when it comes to loving Jesus, honoring Jesus, giving Him full access to your heart, but guarding your heart when it comes to another human being. Until they've proven that they're worthy to be welcomed into all of those areas. The beautiful thing about a Christian marriage, the way God intended it, is that a person has full access to your heart. Yeah. I would make sure that Jesus had full access first. How do I know if my boyfriend or girlfriend is the one? Or is there even, you know, the myth of the one? Yeah. I don't think you can. I okay. mean, you're talking about... So let's talk about that person, right? Okay. They, they appear to be perfect. Here's what I'll tell you. There's a certain level of fraud in all of us. <laughs> yeah. We want to put our best foot forward. We act a certain way. We talk a certain way. That's not who we are. Yeah. And so you have to be able to look beyond the facade of a human being, trying right. to put their best foot forward, um, and really engage in the fact that this person is broken. They're a sinner. They need Jesus as much as anybody else does. And so um, I don't think there is, quote unquote, the one. Now, that doesn't mean... I don't want to undermine the sovereignty of God in bringing two of his precious children together. Because yeah. in that way, I think there can be a one. But I would encourage, I think this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. You need to to, to live your life to be the one yeah. that's worthy of the other person. Yeah. Keep the focus on being personally healthy and in that relationship with Jesus, and then you'll be ready for... When the one comes walking by, you'll have a Jesus filter that knows, is this person real? Yeah. Um, is this person actually following Christ, or is it just a lot of words and posturing? Because that's something you don't want to touch. That's really good. As you first started uh, answering this question, I was reminded, uh, the first two dates I took my wife on, we were just dating at the time, first two dates, um, she would have gone back to her friends and said that I found the one because of how well the dates were. I'm not trying to brag. Um, and the funny part about it is that those first two dates all of the places we went to, everything, I all went to my mom for. She gave me, my mom told me to go everywhere. So I, it wasn't actually me. That's so, awesome. Exactly. So my wife, though, at the time, she's like, wow, like this guy just knows his places. He knows his stuff. I was the one in her eyes, even though it was all from my mom. Uh, and I think for a lot of us, that that's like a little illustration for even the bigger issues in life, too. We can kind of put on this, like, you know, attitude or just this, even the spirituality that's not actually there yet. Yeah. And and let, let me just f- flip it over. Yeah. So when Laurel and I went on our first couple of dates, she would be the one to go back to her friends and say, he's not the one. Okay. Yeah. She had a Jesus filter built in, a, a filter of scripture, a filter of prayer, a filter of who comfortable being, you know, being comfortable in her own skin. And because of that, she could see that there were issues that I needed to deal with. Yeah. And she, she was wise enough to pull back. It's like, you need to go and work on that. Mm. And I'll decide whether or not I'm waiting or not, you know, but she was going to move on with her life because she was comfortable with who she was. And so it was exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. So in both cases, being healthy, knowing who Jesus was personally helped create an environment whereby you can discern, yes, the one, not the one, or not yet the one. Right. And I think that's wise too. Um, Since we're right here then, what, what would you say to someone with biblical principles who is dating maybe a guy or girl for, you know, a good, you know, six whatever months or shorter or longer, and the the other person comes up and, and does kind of give this weight of sin, they've kind of confessed sin. What What's something you can say to the person who's received that? Well, I would say, number one, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to extend the same kind of grace. Mm-hmm. 
that Jesus extended to you, because um, we all live with that. But at the same time, I think there's a mature moment there where you have to say, do I want to carry this weight with this person? And right. I think that's one of the true tests of real love. Do I want to? And I don't think there's no harm, no foul in saying, I don't want to carry that burden right. because I don't think I'm able to. I don't think I, I, I don't think I feel like I can. And I think that, that also helps us look deep inside of our own heart and and being really honest with our capacity and our ability. Because sometimes somebody else's wound can trigger a wound in ourselves. Mm. And I think we just need to be honest and open to say, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this who you've called me to? Um, and sometimes it's okay to say, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. And that's where, that's where you know, really biblical maturity really kicks in and say, do I... Do I believe that God has my best interest in mind, and do I believe God has their best interest in mind? I think that's where you really see the the, the contrast of Christian dating and just non-Christian dating, too. Yeah. You see this maturity that's just, to the world, that looks crazy, right? It, it looks, actually, it looks completely upside down, yeah. because the world says it's all about you. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, actually, it's all about them. I mean, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Jesus died for the church, which means, guys, if, are you willing to look at that girl and say, I'm going to spend the rest of my life dying so that you can flourish? That's a true test of love. That's amazing. That's so good. All right, the next question is this. Uh, am I allowed to date a non-Christian? No. <laughs> You're not. And I think the reason is very, very simple. I mean, Scripture is very clear. Do not be unequally yoked. And the purpose is simple. God wants every human being to create a relationship with him based on him, mm. not based on their love vicariously through another human being. And, and you know, people that come through the side door of a relationship with Jesus, can God have that happen? He can, but more often than not, then their reason for loving Jesus is because they want this other person to be in love with them. Mm. And God says, no, I want to be, be loved based on my own merit. And so... Scripture's clear. It's an absolute, and believe me, I've seen it over and over and over again. In fact, I have two ladies in my church who, if they were talking to singles who were saying, you know, could I date a non-Christian, they would plead with them. In fact, one of them, one of the ladies wrote me a poem years ago called I Sit Alone in Church, and it's basically a plea to say marriage is about being able to share the deepest part of your soul. If you pursue a relationship with somebody who who's not in love with Jesus, you're not going to be able to share the deepest part of your soul. And that's God's protective heart for both of you in saying, I don't want you to do that because it doesn't go well for you and it most certainly doesn't go well for the person that you're pursuing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an unequivocal, categorical, absolutely not out of God's heart and love for you. Right. So what, what would you say then to uh, a couple that have uh, started dating and then one of them comes to Christ? What, what do you say in that kind of situation? Because it happens. It does happen. And I would say that there's a maturity test right there. Do I love Jesus more than my need to be needed? Or do I love Jesus more than my want to be wanted? And am I willing to follow his absolute, knowing that God always does what's best for us? He didn't put that in there to punish us. He put that in there to protect us. And so if one does come to Christ, I think it's a great opportunity to say, look, I need to follow this passion. I'm going to follow my heart and my heart is pointing me completely towards Jesus. And 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 so I'm going to go there, and I'm, I'm going to choose as a matter of priority. I'm going to choose my relationship with him over my relationship with you. And I know that may be misunderstood and could actually create a hurt or a wound in your life, yeah. but I feel like I'm called to do that. So I'm going to step away from this relationship to work on the other one, and then I'm going to trust the sovereignty of God because I know Jesus loves that other person more than I ever possibly could, ever. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that he's going to pursue. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the last question here. How long should we be dating before I bring up marriage? And how do I bring up marriage without, you know, kind of scaring the other person away? Well, I mean, yeah, we've all seen we've all seen the romantic comedies, right? Where the person on the first date starts talking right. about marriage. <laughs> yeah. Not a wise idea. Not good. Not good. Um, I don't think there's a set timeline. I go back to the Song of Solomon, the Song of Solomon passage, chapter eight, verse four, where it says that love will awaken itself. Mm. So when love fully awakens and you're not creating it on your own, then I think it's time to begin. But I think you can have a process of talking about what is a healthy marriage going to look like as you're dating. Now, not on the first date, not on the second date, not on the third date, but I think asking good questions of what are you looking for right. in a person you want to spend the rest of your life with? Do those character qualities line up with each of you? Um, and And I think it's a great test of being able to find out, does the person answer with a bunch of fluff and ice cream? Or do they answer with, these are the biblical qualities I'm looking for in a person? Because if they're not looking for a biblical quality, I promise you it's a shallow approach. And marriage goes lifelong and it goes deep. So being able to look into those issues is really, really important. So I don't think there's a set timeline. I mean, my wife and I, we ended up, we, we dated for about two and a half years before we actually got married. Right. Now, were we talking seriously about marriage before that? Absolutely, for sure. I would say probably for a solid year and a half, asking yeah. hard questions, because I was also proving myself to Laurel that God had really done a work in my life, and right. she was watching very, very carefully. Um, it wasn't like she set the standard. God set the standard. She was just looking to see whether or not that standard that God had set had, had dropped from my head 18 inches down into my heart. That's what she was looking for. I, I find that when I look at uh, young adult relationships, Christian relationships, I, I kind of see there's two. There's the one couple that are, sort of have this pursuit to find out as soon as they can, as quick as they can, if the other person is the right person for them. And then you see the other ones where it's more, they're just sort of resting in this pocket of, this is my girlfriend or my boyfriend, and it, that, that could kind of go on for years. Um those two situations, do you, do you think it's good to have this kind of pursuit to find out quickly uh, if this is the right person for marriage and, and do that. Uh, and do you think it's safe to kind of stay in this pocket of just sort of enjoying one another's company, um, doing life together, it, not to the point of marriage, obviously, but just sort of living this? Yeah. Well, I think it's easy to cross the line from patience into apathy. Okay. So the yeah. question I would ask is, is the relationship growing? Hmm. So this couple that's over here that's just resting, are they resting because they're apathetic and lazy? Or are they resting because they felt a place of comfortability with each other, but they're still growing. The relationship Mm, is growing and it has a purpose. On the other side, you've got this couple, you know, who's just like this all-out pursuit. Is it wrong to pursue that person? Absolutely not. I think that's a part of what, that's the human attraction piece. But if it's always a pursuit and there is no resting, then I think, you know, the relationship's just a treadmill and you're running flat out, getting exhausted, but you're not going anywhere. The key factor in both of them is, are you growing as a couple? Are you both growing towards Christ? And and do you feel like God is actually leading you on a progression that's going to land in a place that's going to honor and glorify Him? I think those are the kinds of questions that we need to be asking. Awesome. And to, to wrap this up, Grant, and it's been awesome to have you on here, um, you, right now you have the floor to talk to tons of young adults. Uh, what's the one thing, it could be something you've already said in the past episodes, two episodes, what's one thing you just want to just reiterate and really emphasize when it comes to Christian dating? 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna coin the phrase because of where we are, what we're talking about, but actually uh, going back to the Bible, using that using the Word of God as the foundation for your relational filter. Um, you know, culture will teach you that relationships are a right, and you have a right to do whatever you want to in the relationship. The Bible teaches that relationships are a responsibility, and they need to be handled that way. So if I don't have God's filter to look at a relationship, I can't expect it to be a godly relationship. So I would say to young people out there, cultivate your relationship with Christ first. Pour into that with everything that you have. Leave the human relationships as secondary. They're not unimportant, but they are definitely secondary, and they're subservient to your relationship with Jesus. Pursue that with everything, and then just watch as God unfolds friendships into families and see how he... He has such a vested interest in you finding a, a godly relational construct. So trust his heart to get you there. Don't trust your own. Well, thank you so much, Grant. It's been a pleasure having you here. If people want to hear more, uh, maybe of your teaching or know more about your church, where can they where can they go? So ctk.church, uh, or if you're ever in Bellingham, just drive down the Guide Meridian, look for the big blue signs. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks so much. Fishbook talking about some of those very uh, practical questions, giving some answers to those practical questions that uh, that are in regards to uh, dating. Now, Jake, you are someone that believes in the one, right? Well, open it up with an easy one there, I guess, Isaac. Uh, it's it's a really tough thing for me because I do have a very firm stance on it, but I know people are very. Uh, there's a lot of emotion behind the one. Right. And I felt that before as well. But I'll tell you, as, as I've gone through relationships and developed as a young man and now um, as a young adult pastor, I'd have to say that I don't really believe that idea is true. Right, yeah. In a sense, I don't believe that there's one person who's going to suit you perfectly in every single aspect of your life. You're not going to go to someone and it's just going to be like, you know, the lights from heaven are shining down. <laughs> right, she has yeah. a halo above her head and you're like, and it like on her shirt, it says, I'm the one for you. No, that person doesn't exist and will probably never exist. I do agree with Grant that there's someone, God absolutely could have someone for you. Yeah, God's that sovereign, is right? The God's, God's one for you. Right. But I would firmly believe that the one that you you are with yeah. in dating and in relationship is the one that you choose. So it's not someone that just walks into your life randomly and they all of a sudden become the person that you're going to marry and spend the rest of your life with until you die. And then, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's the person who you go. And of course that you're going to have some things that do suit you. Yeah. Of course. Right. Whether that be their faith is really important, whether that be hobbies or something else, there's going to be some stuff, of course, that you'll want that will actually match up. It's not like you're taking someone and molding them into the perfect person exactly. for you. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying that it's a person that you can trust mm -hmm. and that have that share your faith Yeah, um, and that you enjoy being with, Yeah, who you are sure that you love. And then you journey through life's issues, the hard times, the good times with them, mm -hmm. and then your relationship develops. Yeah. Because there is a one in one sense, and the one is Jesus Christ. Right. And that's what you should be pursuing, right. not a perfect person. Yeah, that's good. And then I guess that person that you end up, you know, dating and then marrying, that, that becomes the one. Mm-hmm. That becomes the one. And it has to be the one, especially after you're married. Well, yeah, of course. They are the one. Exactly. 
Uh, something else that uh, one of the questions that I asked Grant was the idea of, um, you know, can I date a non-Christian? Mm-hmm. And I know this happens a lot in, especially maybe uh, <clears throat> a young adult Christian yeah, comes to the tons, faith. Tons, tons. Yeah, they come to the faith and maybe they're just not as uh, mature in their faith. And some guy or some girl starts giving them attention and they desire that need and that mm-hmm. want. And uh, they end up kind of going for this person. There's actually a quote here from Dr. John Newfeld from uh, a series that he did with Back to the Bible Canada a couple of weeks ago on uh, in First Corinthians, and uh, this quote is uh, sort of the context of this quote is a a girl, a Christian girl, uh, who's dating a non-Christian. It says this: "My boyfriend is okay with me being a Christian. He says he will respect that, so it should be fine." Mm. And then John goes on to say, well, of course you'll respect that. After all, you've already told him that you would be willing to disobey your faith in order to marry him. And so he rightfully assumes he is more important than your faith because clearly he is. He knows you will compromise your faith for him. So what kind of objection could he have to that kind of faith? End quote. So I, I think that was a very a good quote from Dr. John to say because I think a lot of the attitude is, uh, for, you know, young adults who start dating a non-Christian, it's like, well, they're totally okay mm-hmm. with me being a Christian. Yeah. Of course they're okay because they can already see that you've compromised your faith to be yeah. with them. And if I can say one thing as well, and and I, I know sometimes it sounds harsh, and I know sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow, the you shouldn't date a non-Christian, which I believe is true. But what I can tell you, and it's been in my relationships and I've seen it in other relationships, the biggest downfall of a relationship that has at least one person in it that's a Christian is not a wholehearted attempt to pursue Christ. Yeah, completely. Because then there, what eventually starts happening in those relationships is that you expect, especially other people who aren't Christians, you expect things of your partner, which can't be fulfilled by them and can only be fulfilled by Christ. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's perfect. All right, well, that wraps up the Indope podcast. Um, stay tuned for next week when we talk about social media and talk about how to be Christian in regards uh, to some of the attitudes of social media. Uh, Phil Calloway from Laugh Against is actually going to come on the show, and it's going to be a lot of fun, two, two weeks of that. Well, anyways, if you want to connect with us, uh, you can go online at indope.ca uh, to hear past podcasts, read articles, watch videos, uh, email us any questions or thoughts or stories you have at info at indope.ca. Contact us over Facebook uh, and Twitter and all those different things as well. Anyways, I'm Isaac. I'm Jake. And this is the Indope Podcast. The In Doubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.